BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Well, hello there and welcome to Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. We're so happy that you're here today. Ah, that's good, Joe. You did it! Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Great job, everybody. They left us behind. Something must have gone wrong. I just needed a minute. Yo, you got a whole lot of 1982 instead. Probably happens all the time. This is a top-secret military facility. Colson seemed fine with it. I think Sybil's building new hunters. Let's bring the pain to them for once. But somewhere... Somehow, someone's gonna pay. You mean the robots? Yeah, yeah, the robots. That's, that's what I mean. Marvel's Agents of Sheep. GBN presents Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. Today's binge Marvel's Agents of Shield. Welcome once again to another edition of Martin and Kathy's Coffee Bend. I'm Mark. And I'm Kathy. Okay, so as we start every show, and though we've actually kind of already been doing this already, I was, uh, usually give my lovely wife a chance to talk about whatever she wants to talk about, and uh, we've already started. Uh, so the floor is yours, my dear. Well, thank you, darling. Uh, Honey pot, sweetie, busy pokum. Go ahead. I'm done. Um, and there's another. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I I think what I'd like to talk about today is you know I don't want to talk about anything. Let's just get on with it. You don't want to talk about anything. You don't have no. nothing. I just wasted that introduction, and you got nothing to say. Well, you know, I got lots to say, but today, but I'm, I'm not really sure how. I'm I'm baffled by the the job that I do for a living, the where I get paid, not this job, that's for sure. Um, Ouch. Okay. Go ahead. But the, but but the job that I do to, that um, that I get paid for for a living is frustrating at best. Well, I already said I, I I would kill doing your job, and and I'm not a violent person. I'm not really. Um, I'm more confused every year that I'm in this business because every year people. So they, do we, they know what business you're in? I think we've talked about it before, but, just but, 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 but basically what I do is I find people jobs. Okay. That's okay. pretty much it. Um, I find people jobs that temporary jobs that become permanent jobs. And like I was saying, you know, every year it's just, 
the the dynamic of the candidates that are available changes um and it has become a i'm not sure what or why this happens but i think people are actually getting um I don't think they're getting a, the same kind of education in high school <clears throat> and they can't read, you know, cursive writing. That's, is that even a thing anymore in school? Let's say they teach apparently apparently they don't even teach it. They need to because old people like me use it. And then I hand somebody a piece of paper with instructions on it and they go, I don't know what this says. I'm like, well, it's not written in French or anything. What do you want? What, what do, I, you do you think that still be hands? necessary just for your signature? I just don't understand it. They print their name too. So I don't know. I don't get that. I don't understand it. I guess because pretty soon you can just pretend like you're signing your name and go click, click, drag it down on your Adobe uh, file over there and just click it in and, do you want script or comic sand? So how do you tell who who anybody is if you don't have a signature to go by? I don't know. I just think it's all kind of hokey. But what's this thing just get you yawning, don't it? I don't know what's going on. My, <laughs> oh, you know what? Still not getting any sleep. That's okay. Well, yeah, that's uh, another thing we could just uh, chat about for about thirty seconds. Of course, you know, not getting any sleep. <laughs> fell on my butt. Hurt my back had to do some things that I don't normally have to do, hurt my back a little more, on steroids now, felt great for the first day when you take six of them, that's awesome. And like, you almost feel like you're young again for like, I don't know, 18 Dang, I hours. Those. I loved it. I, but I could tell by- It was really short lived, wasn't it? Really, it's, 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 a 12, it's a 12 or 18 hour thing. And then it's so the, the the remaining doses don't do anything for you. Well, I just took my morning dose, and I have to. T that was on an empty empty stomach. So then you have to have breakfast. Then you have lunch, and you take your next dose after lunch. Then you take your next dose after dinner, and then you take a dose at bedtime. So, for all you out here there are taking the graduated steroid pack, that's how it works, and you already know that because you take the first six as soon as you get the pack and then you Everything take the rest of them right Which, out. and it's nice because you take the, all them six and you're going like oh thank god i feel better for the moment and i anyway. did and it was great because by by um let's see today's uh, by by i whatever day this weekend that it was really terrible i i, I could not well, hardly it must be saturday up. because you chose to take it sunday yeah, a Saturday I can walk up the steps. No, I think it was Sunday. I think it actually happened on the same day. But, but anyway, anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I couldn't walk up the steps. It was horrible. And now I feel a little bit better, but I don't know how long it's gonna last. Maybe another hour, and then I'll need to take more. But at least I'm not in agonizing pain at the moment. Just excruciating. This is this is. It's, I don't know if I would have been able to um, do this podcast. Truthfully, that's how bad it hurt. So could I have gotten you to stand up? Huh? Could I have gotten you to do it standing up? 
No, you could have gotten it, me to do it laying, laying, in bed. laying in bed on my side. That might be different. Like, hey, no, I'm <laughs> not doing that. Not happening. Okay. Besides, we already have this lovely background. We could really put this anywhere we want since it's a fictional background. No one knows. Even though they've already, you've already, we've already proven that. You ratted us out. Yeah, and it wasn't the case. Like, you know, this is, this is, the, this is where I'm at. So I'm sorry. Okay. Um, anything else? I'm sure I do, but I'm not going to bore these people with it. Let's get on with it. Okay. So we are at episode seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The totally excellent adventures of Mac and the D. And I have to be honest, this, this was a kind of a weird episode especially you know when compared to other agents of shield episodes now it fits right in with the season we're doing because and, we're, doing, yeah, the, the, we're doing the time travel right. sort of thing because basically it was almost kind of almost like a standalone episode with just a homage to the 80s yeah i mean because there was there was a little bit of you know correspondence with what else was going on but well they had they <laughs> had well they had to kind of give an uh give a explanation as to what was going on with uh Sybil. Right. And also what was going on with Mac, which yeah. actually... Let me, and Colson, too. Yes. Speaking of which, let me go ahead and do a little bit of house cleaning from last, right. last time. All right, go ahead. Last time when we talked about Mac, we were going under the assumption, and this was part, this was mostly my fault, that Mac's parents had died previously. Well, they as I checked back into it, they had not. When his brother, when he went to go visit his brother in season four, an episode called The Watchdogs, uh, his brother was mad at Mac for not helping him move his parents into a condo. So his parents were not dead. They're still alive. Now he was still living at their parents' house and he was behind on the mortgage, but it wasn't because his parents had died. His parents were fine, which explains why Mac took this so hard when his parents got killed. I was trying to figure out why, you know, your parents, were, I had thought your parents had already died once. Why is this so much harder for you? Because it never happened. So of course it's harder on him. Uh, so anyway, so I was wrong about that. So I made that we made that correction. Uh, and of course, now Mac is struggling with, you know, the death of his parents, and it's made him a little angry. So he kind of um, basically he kind of jumps at Deke, which uh, part of the thing he jumps at is, of course, he says this is why we shouldn't mess ever mess with time. It's just a bad idea. Right. But he also said this is, and again, because he's not really thinking clearly, he kind of blamed Deke because he killed Malik, like that had anything to do with his parents getting killed, which it had absolutely nothing to do with his parents no, getting killed. No, because all that was in motion prior to. Right. It, actually, had they killed Malik when back, he wanted to. Right. When, when he should have, then it wouldn't have been. That, yeah. that might have that that changed might have, things. Yeah. Uh, but as it was, you know, now, and that's another thing. Let's back up the truck just a second. They start this out with it's like Deke is getting uh, debriefed by May. Right. And they started that out as an opening and then they basically just threw it aside because they never went back to it after, you know, right. Well, they did. Yeah. Well, they didn't, well, no, they didn't. Well, the in end. the middle. Yeah, they, they did. did. They, they did it at the section where he's talking about doing the musical group. Right, 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 right. And from that point on, it's just discarded. So I'm not even sure exactly what it was there for. Uh, you know, like I said, and we had discussed, or you had mentioned at the time we were watching it, well, and I, I thought, right, that, it and I really thought that me, that was what was going to happen. Right, was that they were telling Deke's from Deke's point of view in the beginning and Mac's point of view at the end, which was, you know, I know it's been done, but at least it would have been, I think it might've been more interesting to see what. Well, only because Deke was making himself out to be the Rico Suave hero, quasi 
man about town. What the hell? Well, like, basically, uh, Deke was being Deke. <laughs> yeah, and, and and also giving the Mac was all depressed, and I tried to help him out. Well, that, and, and, and that being said, like I said I have to give Deke credit because you no, know, where Mac basically kind of shut himself off. Deke did everything he could to try to draw him back out. And that's he, Deke's side of the story, though. Well, well, in this case, it's the only side of the story because we don't I mean, have another. No other side right. So Maybe we'll assume, hear that the next time. Well, let's assume, I doubt that we'll go back to it. So I'm assuming, let's just go that this was the story there was. And and to me, this is not very un, unusual for Deke, that he, you know, brought in groceries, tried to get him to right. re-engage. And right. basically all Mac wanted to do was build models and drink beer. Uh, which, and he uh, really didn't even want to build the models that bad. Right. Well, I know. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny when the wheel got stuck to his head. So that was me building models. <laughs> the wheel gets stuck to your head, and you get finger, blue fingerprints yeah. on the windshield. <laughs> and, and and that was basically my problem. I never had the patience for model building. I mean, I wanted to do it all at once. And see, my now my father, which is really surprising to me that you don't have that kind of patience. Nope. And and no, again, I never had built a model just, in forever. I know, so. We're just going to go back. To, we're just going to kind of digress just a tiny bit here. okay go ahead. my my father loved to do all that intricate work he was building you know big uh rc planes and he had all the little you know all the little pins in the ball so what kind of he had the yeah he also had the little magnifying glass with yes, the pictures the whole he was, thing he was, not, he was not kidding when he was doing stuff i mean well actually if you want to do it right that's the way you need to be right. about it uh, i was not that person i yeah. was the uh my Hurry up! yeah my brother was much better at that kind of thing now see i didn't mind i didn't I, and i think i built a couple of model cars when i was a little girl because i thought my brothers were so cool when they were building them but i don't think they were anything if i remember i just want to say that the stuff that i got to do was not i think i, I think they would let me paint things on there i would because i would be in there you know because you're sniffing that glue all that right well see, even, even the painting thing is again i didn't have patience for that so i didn't mind doing that i liked kind of doing that but anyway as i okay. digress, digress <laughs> let's get back okay to so show. anyway so like i said mac was basically spending all his time building model cars and drinking beer he basically he was he became like thor Except that instead of getting fat like Thor did, his beard got fat. <laughs> uh, uh, and though the top of his head stayed clean nice as whistle, and, he must have been follically nice challenged or, some, or something. But the beard was the only uh, thing that got big on him. And of course, while he's doing that, like I said, Deke is being Deke. And he starts up a musical group stealing songs from the, <laughs> from the future to claim that they are his own. Right. Uh, and of course... No one knows. As far as I know, he's just putting out all these great songs like Walk Like an Egyptian. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and he's surrounding himself by his band, which uh, he's also trying to train into S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Correct. And so he's, you know, when they introduce him, it's like they do the A-team. Where, where you got uh, Roxy and Olga and the Chang uh, brothers. The Chang brothers, from what I thought was interesting, is they said that they were actually just fans of the show that um, during their last actual Comic-Con visit as a show, they were the ones who asked the last question to the thing. Right. So I'm not sure how that wrinkled you into an episode, but if I'd known that, I would have been asking more questions on things like that. Mm. Uh, but anyway, cause it, it was kind of fun. Uh, and of course, they moved their, their, got their base there at the lighthouse. 
Right. Except they got a hot tub in there and fluorescent lights and crazy stuff like that. Uh, so, again, to try to draw Mac out, he slips a little flyer under Mac's door that tells him to come to Swayze's. Of course, right. Patrick Swayze, you right. know, again, another 90, uh, 1980s nod. I'm not sure if they were, what, what exactly, which they were doing uh, Roadhouse or, yeah. or, or what, because it was a bar. Uh, but uh, for whatever reason, they chose to call it Swayze's. Uh, and he tells Mac that it's important that he come. So he does, and of course, uh, the Deke Squad, as his band is called, is performing, uh, and they're doing uh, Don't You Forget About Me. And of course, he says he wrote the song. Uh, and it looked like he had a lot of fun performing. Are you going to take a nap here, or what's going on here? What? You had your eyes closed sitting there. <laughs> well, I, I was just thinking. Oh. I was kind of visualizing. Oh, it looks like you're sleeping. <laughs> and so, uh, so anyway, so he goes to the to the bar, and uh, the band performs, and he's sitting there. Uh, <laughs> Mac is uh, not uh, shaking his head because he knows the song. Uh, so then afterwards, he says, uh, "Hey, so what'd you think?" He said, "Looks like you're doing exactly what you always do, which is take somebody else's work and claim credit for it." He says, "No," he said the band. You know, he said, "I didn't come here just to listen to a cover band." He said, "No, the band is a cover." Is covering us because this is my shield team, and then he introduces his team. Uh, and so then he takes Mac back to the lighthouse, and of course, it's got the hot tub and everything. And and he said that uh, he didn't understand why Mac was, of course, saying, Hey, this is supposed to be a secret, top secret base, not some party house for you guys. He says, Well, Colson didn't mind, right? He said, Well, Col so, I mean, Colson's still alive. So, of course, uh, basically they had saved Colson's memories almost like in a hard drive and installed it through a VCR and a UHF television. It made him quite like Mech's headroom, where it was just a talking head. But, uh, you know, he was still apparently sentient and everything because he recognized right. everyone. And, of course, he uh, told Mac he was, you know, it was good to see him. Uh, but uh, he also told him uh, later on that... Mac shouldn't have tried to isolate himself. He said, you know, you're through the bad times, you need your friends, and you had friends here that would be willing to help you. Right. But he said he also suspected that Sybil was also survived. Right. Uh, and he come to find out that Sybil had put herself into the, the power grid, uh, but she needed someone to help her basically build a body, so right. she recruited this lonely geek Re guy. Repairman. <laughs> right. To uh, basically give her a a body. It was sort of like weird science, except that uh, he didn't make her actual human body. He just made her a, a Johnny Five short right. circuit one. Uh, and of course, all he was talking about when he made her voice is, you sound like a real woman. I can't wait to put you together, <laughs> make you real. Uh, and, like, uh, and, and she had him so, you know, and I guess again, it's because he was so lonely that he ended up bringing her flowers after he put her together and said that it matched her eye. <laughs> Which I, I think they might have taken that from Knight Rider because I know either would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and of course, she told him that they, they will make a great pair. And we come to find out that's kind of the kiss of, kiss of death. Yeah, for from her anyway. Right. So, uh, so she, he makes uh, him, makes, excuse me, makes her. In the meantime, she's making others. Right. And uh, others. of course, and, he, and she sends him off to get some parts from the Army Surplus store. And when he returns, she's sitting there building another robot. Right. And 
apparently for some reason he's all offended like what are you doing uh i don't know if he thought that meant she was leaving him or he's being replaced by these other robots or uh maybe a little bit whatever his problem was he didn't like it and of course she said that uh he said no i'm not can't let you i'm not gonna let you leave me and she goes well you know you know too much so one of the robots comes up and puts a drill through his chest a whole bunch of blood splatter and everything right uh again kind of the 80s uh slasher kind of film homage right ridiculously large, large amounts of blood <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway so deke has mac there at the at the uh lighthouse and he wants to show him what his team can do so he says so i designed this training run called the gauntlet and he said just watch watch these these guys at work and of course uh, they screw it up, and one of the chain brothers actually shoots the other one in the back. And of course, Olga, she sets up an explosive, but it's a live explosive, so it blows right. up. And Mac, what are you doing using live explosives? <laughs> and of course, Mac is saying, so much you know, more effective. right?" And Mac sitting there thinking, "You know, I've seen enough." Is that you know these these people aren't shield agents? Is that they're basically losers? Uh, and you're, you're following your same pattern where you're surrounding yourself with sycophants, which I thought was kind of mean. <laughs> And of course, yeah, now well. this is again also what I liked is Deke stood up for him. He said, "You know, you can say whatever you want about me, but don't ever talk about my team like right, that. Right. You know, they're doing the best they can, and you know they're trying to do some good." Uh, so Max decides he's just going to leave, but Roxy, one of the members of his team, chases him down and said, "You know, you shouldn't have treated Deke that way." He said all he's ever talked about is what a great leader and man Mac is. I said, well, I'm not seeing it. And he said, well, I'm sorry I disappointed you. I said, well, you don't, you're not, I'm not the one you should feel sorry for. It should be your kid. And he's going, right. Right, my kid? I said, what she meant was Mac as a child who was still at that time with his brother. I said, I said, Deke has been coming to visit them every couple of weeks, giving them school supplies and toys and things, and right. been looking after them. He said, well, I didn't know he was doing that. Of course, uh, Right then, one of uh, Sybil's robots show, shows up. Okay, take that back. Actually, one of the robots showed up earlier. And again, to me, it was just kind of a throwaway scene just to show them that the robots were there. Right. When Cricket, uh, the manager, the drummer. Yeah, who uh, had a, full, a full-time job, he sold coke, uh, <laughs> which was funny. Cause, Obviously, uh, he worked for the beverage company. Right, which is what Deke thought. But, uh, of course, uh, Mac... And said, I've never seen him drink anything. Right. Mac knew that he was selling drugs. Uh, but. Uh, no, he was really selling drugs. Oh, yeah. So, so I don't follow you with the bottle thing. So, <laughs> so, so anyway, so they're, he's in his room with a girl and they hear something outside. So they step outside the room and another robot's there with a saw blade as an arm. Right. And he's sitting there telling him that, can you help me? I'm lost. And the, the woman's going, Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> and of course, uh, Cricket's going, I'm a dumb robot. <laughs> and he said, you should not patronize me and runs the saw through him. And of course, more splattered blood and everything. That was awesome. Okay, all over the uh, little, the girl. All and stuff you want to do when people are smart. Also. Right. So, so anyway, so that robot attacks him. So then when like I said, when Roxy and Mac are talking, another robot shows up. And of course, Mac, this one has a machine gun. Right. Uh, so Mac grabs Roxy and they dive off into a, a side uh, room and the robot goes by him. So uh, she, she's asking, so have you ever uh, 
<laughs> I swear it looks like you're sleeping. <laughs> I'm just, I'm listening. Your head's, going, your head's going down an awful lot. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not sleeping. Okay. I'm listening. That's not, you sound like me when you say that. No, no, you know, this is, no, 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 no. When you're sleeping no. and I go, are you sleeping? You sound like a not, drunk. Not from true. Not true. You do. You do. Not you true. do. You sound like. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Getting back to the killer bloody oh, robot. Well, don't talk about me. <laughs> okay, so when I'm just sitting here looking down. Okay, so anyway, so in, in the room while they're Mac and Roxy are hiding, she, she asked him, "So you branded these robots before?" He said, "Yeah, they killed my parents." And then he kind of bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You might as well have like a spotlight on it saying somehow, someday, somebody's going to pay. <laughs> and she goes, she's sitting there staring at him going, you mean the robots? I said, yeah, yeah, the robots. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. So anyway, so in the meantime, this robot who was looking for Mac and them comes across Deke. And uh, right before then, Deke is apologizing to the Changs and them saying, man, I'm sorry you had to hear all that. And of course, they're trying to tell Deke that, hey, we don't need Mac. He said, it's all right. So no, we really do need him. <laughs> right. And of course, that's this is when the girl comes running up with blood all over, saying that his robots killed Cricket. Well, who would kill Cricket? He's a saint. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> then the girl gets snatched back behind the wall where you can't see it, and then a whole bunch more blood splatter comes out. And he and of course the robot comes rolling around the corner with the same old, "I'm lost. Can you help me?" Yeah. <laughs> One of the chains goes. I think it might be a trick. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say it was. It was a trick. Okay. Uh, do you think? So, uh, of course, right. This my dramatic. Do you think? <laughs> well, that's really good. Here. Thanks, honey. Okay, good. I was going to be an actress. Yes. <laughs> like you said, just then. Uh, I said find people jobs and stuff. Yeah, and take naps. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, Olga decides she's going to take on the road with the saw blade, and of course, she gets uh, right. apparently wounded, not killed or anything, uh, and. Oh, yeah, that's because she's tough. Right. Well, say, well, she, she's, she's a tough girl. Right. Well, uh, and she seems to be the first one to jump into a fight. Yeah. Uh, so, and of course, now Deke and them are preparing to get Sawblade, and Mac and Roxy show up and take out the robot. Ah, ah, ah. 
So, yeah. uh, so he uh, apologizes to Deke basically for leaving him defend alone. And he says uh, that, you know, I'd like to help you guys if you'll let me. So they all smile and it's all kumbaya all around. All right. uh, and in the meantime, they need to finish taking off, taking out the robots. So they get together and they're going to plan what their attack is. And Colson, who's still sitting on his little video cart, said, you know, I have some ideas, but I'd like to be considered in the planning group. So could, cause I'm feeling a little left out back here. So mm -hmm. Deke pulls the cart in so he can see him. So he says, okay, said, I've been trying to figure out why it is that Sybil is interested in the base. And he said, the best I can tell is because she talked about uh, monitoring the time streams. Well, the time stream device, whatever she's using, must be here at the base. Not sure where he got that whole idea, even exactly how it got in the base, for that matter. But we'll accept what they well, say. Well, yeah. well, because, as, well, because because we don't have any choice. Right. We, we have to accept it. So anyway, so they decide that they're going to use the uh, Deke's gauntlet to catch mm -hmm. the next robot, but they're going to make a few modifications. Uh, but basically, uh, what all it involves is is to force the robot to lay down an explosive, force the robot to back over where the explosive is and blow the explosive. Okay. Okay, so, uh, so they do that, and... Uh, they're getting back over the explosive and Deke comes out with his little remote control to set off the bomb and uh, says this cool line. I forget what it was. But anyway, so he blows up the robot. And of course the Changs are saying, man, that was so badass. But, but the, he blew up. <laughs> it's not the robot, but he blew up underneath like that. Right. It was just a little tiny yeah. little it looked, like, it looked like the, the <laughs> robot had gas. Right. She said it looked like the robot farted. <laughs> <laughs> because all he did was just drop down a little right, bit. Right. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, so uh, of course, like I said, the, the yeah, Chang said that that, that whole thing was a, was badass. And he goes, "Yeah, I know." I know. <laughs> uh, so and of course, in the meantime, another robot, which is Sybil, shows up, and of course, Matt gets to lay out his another uh, another piece of metal for the scrap heap. They get to use all their best lines. Yes. Uh, so anyway, so and she sits there and tells him that the you know when I encountered your agent Colson before, he took me by surprise, but I came prepared this time. And of course, Olga's the first one to step up toward him. She shoots him with a la laser out of her eye. She just again, wounds her again. So Olga's having a bad day. Um, but she ain't dead. Nope. She, like yeah, the other guys. Another, nothing apparently kills her. She's, she's pretty tough. She's taking a saw blade and a laser and she's fine. Uh, so anyway, so they pull her to safety and Max says, okay, I got a plan. But what we're going to need is for you, Deke, I want you to distract her. So Deke comes out with his gun, talk, talking all bad to her, saying how she's gonna he's gonna make her into a use her parts and make her into a spill. Uh, um, what's it called? Uh, spill, uh, uh, something uh, in spell. I forget. The thing from Toy Story. Yeah. Anyway, so basically, uh, he goes, and that would probably be bad for you. See and spell. See and spell. Yes, uh, that would be bad for you. So, and of course, while she's looking at Deke. Mac and Roxy are coming up behind it because he tells Roxy to just throw one of those bombs at the robot. Mm -hmm. He goes, well, there's no detonator on it to trigger it. So don't worry about it. I'll take care of that. So while Deke's talking to her, she shoots at Deke and again, hits him on the side, wounds him. Uh, she throws the the explosive and Mac shoots it with his shotgun, right. shotgun axe and it blows up the robot. Right. Okay, so again, save the day, robots are down. 
Sybil's still alive, though, but, you know, for this moment. We, we've tidied this little area up now. Right, right. So. And, and, and in the meantime, oh, no, that's, we don't know that till later. Right. right. Okay. So the main. Okay. So they're all celebrating their first shield victory, right. uh, and uh, Mac tells Deke said, "You know, before we do anything else, you and I need to go do something." So they go back to Mac's uncle's house, who's got little Mac and, right. and Reuben, his brother, are staying there. Uh, and basically, Mac's just asking to so, himself, so "How are they? You know, because Deke's been visiting. So how have they been doing?" Said, you know, it's been hard. You know, they lost their parents, but they're doing pretty well. And uh, he notices that his uncle's got a nicer car than he had. Said, it's a nicer car than I remember. And basically, Deke must have got him another car. Or uh, mm-hmm. said, hey, isn't that strange? <laughs> said, no. So said, okay. Said so. He Mac has a model car he wants to give his younger self. Right. And Deke says, well, let's go ahead and do that. He said, but remember. You're just a friend of mine from the band. And he said, probably like the harmonica player. He said, oh, hell no. I'm not no harmonica player. Yeah, I'm sax. a sax man all the way. <laughs> so okay, fine. So we'll have to teach you how to play a sax. I said, no, I'm just telling them I'm playing a sax. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't need to learn it. And I said, so why do you think it is that Mac wanted so bad to give his younger self that model car? Because he wanted to do it in the beginning. He had it in his satchel bag yes. in the beginning uh, when he visited his mother's grave. And he went by his uncle's house and saw his. Maybe uncle. he knew that was gonna. Wasn't it? Was it Colson's car? No. Well, the the, the model. Yeah, yeah, actually, it was kind of like Colson's car. Yeah. Maybe that's why, because he wanted them to, uh, when it came time to when he'd meet him in the future, he'd know everything about that car. Maybe right. I, I don't know. I, know. I, I don't know. I, I kind of took it as a basically for him trying to make sure that his younger self still steered toward mechanics. Yeah. And a love of cars. Because that's basically what he grows mm-hmm. up to be as a, as a mechanic. And he doesn't want to skew that because it's such a pleasure for him now. Right. And, Maybe. And he doesn't want to, you know, because people, it's already, the timeline's already been screwed up enough. Right. He doesn't want to change that he ends up being a badminton player or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, then that's just a guess. I have no idea why that is. But anyway. See, and this is where, never mind. We're not going to talk about time. What's up? The, the timeline. Well, you got just, time. Go ahead. Well, no, well, well, I mean, I just, I mean, it's, it's kind of like that kind of makes you go, okay, now their timeline is totally messed up because his parents are gone. He gets, ends up getting raised by his um, uncle. Um, no, there, from, there's a lot of, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot that's, of that's quite a change for him. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, and that it also explains when you talk about this is last a couple episodes before we, so where he, told Yo-Yo, he said, this is not how I wanted you to meet my parents. Well, he literally meant he was going to introduce her to his parents. And now he can't do that, of course, because right, they're dead. dead. Now, again, I'm not sure if somewhere along the line things are going to get swapped back to their normal time frame or exactly or, how or, that's or, going or to work once, out. Once they're dead, they're dead and it doesn't matter what. So anyway, so in the meantime, Jim, uh, they found out where Mac and Deke are. Uh, of course, it's 1983 now because they've been there over a year. Right. So they send the uh, May and Yo-Yo on the Quinjet to go to the lighthouse to get Mac and Deep. And of course, uh, the whole team's there, everything. And uh, Yo-Yo's been worried about Mac because she's been he's been dealing with his loss of his parents, as far as she knows, and she was right by himself mm-hmm. that he shouldn't have had to deal with that on his own. So he, uh, you know, so they hug and everything, and of course. Uh, 
May sees Colson and she goes, "Good to see you, Colson." Basically, you know, I knew you weren't going. <laughs> yeah. So he says, "So uh, yeah, Gemma said that it was important for us to save your thing on a hard drive because you're our most important asset." I may, I may agree with her. I don't know. <laughs> and he said, "So did she say anything about getting me another body?" He said, "Well, I guess you're just gonna have to wait and see about that." He goes, well, "That was cold, man. Even from you." <laughs> uh, so. Basically, that's how the episode ends, right. except now, you know, they talked about the time stream device that they thought was somewhere on the base. Well, apparently that uh, one of the little robots, well, I think it was the one that the guy originally had made for himself, the geek that had the candy box. That yeah, 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 yeah. They basically adapted that and it had found the time stream device, which is just a big blue looking box. Yeah. Well, uh, and... He it's took it all inside a box. Right. Anyway, it so, almost looked like a tes the tesseract, except in a round form. And who's to say it may not be or a form of it? Anyway, so they take the he the machine takes the box out of the lighthouse and is going the long. <laughs> we sitting there laughing because it looked like a couple times like it was ready to fall over. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it was going <laughs> over the most rough ground it could find, <laughs> and it was going down the stairs. It was Number going five, dizzy life. <laughs> So anyway, so it ends up taking it to Malik, Nathaniel right. Malik, which is just as we assumed the collapsing ceiling didn't kill him. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, he's been... And he has powers. Now, do we know that for a fact? Still? I would think he has powers. He's just probably learned how to control him. Uh, a year. Well, see, I, well, I see. I didn't know if that was a temporary thing because he never got to finish his, his experiments. Can't help you. But we have, so we don't know for a fact if he does or doesn't have powers at this point. No. All we know is that it's been six years since roof collapsed on him so naturally maybe he thinks that, that tesseract thing's going to help zhuzh up his power right so, and basically sybil no and sybil's there with him i don't know what that is what do they call that thing what's that the the tesseract looking thing the ball the round ball what was it called that was just one of the, the glowing the glo no the glowing ball that the robot took back to them oh it's just a time stream device never mind time stream device. sorry yeah, that's okay anyway so we don't even know what it really is and actually, why it was in the lighthouse, for that matter. I'm not sure exactly yeah. how that came about. And how did they find it? Yeah, all right, let's move on. Uh, well, actually, I take it back. I guess it could have been in the lighthouse, because basically she was in the lighthouse in 76 when it blew, when he blew them. Who was? The whole, the chronicons were, remember, they were all, oh, the ship was yeah. underneath the lighthouse. Yeah, so yeah. basically, it's, it's in the same building, just for whatever reason. Uh, that thing survived when everything else got blown to kingdom come okay. so anyway so uh, it brings it to malik and sybil tells him and like i said sybil's there just like colson with on the television screen right uh and tells him that this will help both of our plans work out and that uh we're gonna make a great pair last time she said that to a guy he got drilled yeah <laughs> so uh, uh, drilled, uh, and that doesn't mean that she asked him a lot of questions right it means that they took a drill and put it in his right chest. so if i'm a malik i should you should be a little concerned about that so anyway, so that's where the episode in. Like I said it was, like I said it was a different kind of episode. It was. Uh, I said, and and we talked about this, and I still think it's a fact. So it wasn't necessarily one of my favorite episodes. No. no I say it was fun. It was, uh, like I said, and and fitting the whole time travel scheme. You know, it made sense. But if someone were to ask me, okay, which episode? I've never seen Agents of Shield. What episodes should I watch? I wouldn't tell him to watch that, that one. It wouldn't be this one. Well, that because that it wasn't all in 
it, it certainly wasn't encompassing of what it was going on with them in a bigger picture. Right. I mean, like I said, just for it was, a few it small was, things, it, was it really, really wasn't. It really, yeah, it was really it was more of just, uh, just the, a, some like fun said, time. Like you said, the homage, homage to the 1980. Right. It was a fun little thing. And it was it, fun. Right. I, I enjoyed a lot of all the references. Right. You know, That's so between, sure. you know, short circuit and yeah. all that stuff. said so Night if you take it like that, it was fine. But to me, it wasn't the best of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, right? it was hokey. And it was hokey because it was just like hokey's 80s action tv show right and that, see, and that was the thing so if you were to watch that and someone i would tell you to watch this this is agents of shield all you would think is man their dialogue is really stupid was, if you didn't well, understand or, what the and or, going on. And, yeah and or you would say this is going on now right and this is this is a current episode right and of course they would also would say you know special effects are kind of weak aren't they <laughs> said no well during the 80s they were, they were great but uh right now yeah the, the, and I assume it was done that way on purpose. I'm pretty much well, sure. Well, I'm sure it was. It was. It was absolute. Even, I mean, everything was an homage to the '80s in that. Right, and, which is the, uh, the hokey way people dressed. I mean, the songs. Right. The, uh, I mean, the, the eyeliner. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was all. It was uh, all. It was all. I am in the '80s. Uh, deal with it. Right. <laughs> so, now, and speaking of which, you know. And they're yeah. trying to also fit in where they are. So. Um. The whole, uh, you know, but here's the here's the thing about the whole. The, here's the thing about Deke and Mac played their parts so perfectly. You talking about polar opposites of people? Yeah, way, right? I mean, they play they play their parts so perfectly, and and because this is Deke telling the story, it is so blown out of proportion as far but as that's why, you know, we thought they would go another, go at the other out, the part of the other part of the episode. Oh, kind of and that's coded. another reason why I was really excited. We got our, we got, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> we got our swag because, because, of, because of Deke. Deke says we've got swag. <laughs> Oh yes, yes, cozies and cozies. Yeah, uh, get you anything you want. Right. Okay. Hey, hey. So we don't have a cologne. <laughs> it's called this. The smell of defeat. <laughs> I don't think that's what it's called. But anyway, no, but... not that it matters. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and again, I said you know the whole splatter thing. Oh. What? Yeah. Go ahead. Splatter. Okay. No, the whole splatter thing, of course. In season four, they had made mention of the movie Chopping Ball. Right. Uh, Yo-Yo and Mac had discussed it when they were talking about robot movies. Right. Uh, and then in the framework, apparently uh, Mac and his daughter Hope it was one of her favorites. She wanted to watch it all the time. Right. So it's not like they've never talked about this movie. Uh, so anyway, this, this last episode, the people who created... Uh, Chopping Mall seemed like they were a little upset because they thought they were copying their movie. But no, we're not copying. I mean, we talked about your movie in the past. This is just another homage, basically, to your movie. We're we're basically telling you we liked your movie, even though it was silly and for that time of year. But uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, that was a serious production. Right, and you're I, making fun of it. Yeah, you know, and, and which is funny. Like I said, when you you know the whole episode is a whole special special effect. All I kept thinking it was like Adam Goldberg from the Goldbergs, where he's doing his little films. Right. Or he's like, 
1980 something. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I'm not understanding for sure exactly why they were mad. I mean, if nothing else, it might make people want to watch their film watch, again. Yeah, true. I and, mean, so, but you want to know what? Cry me a river. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just, again. talked about your thing for Right, until 30 years. And when they did it, uh, the season four thing, they talked about it. They were all happy about them bringing up their movie. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure what the difference would be. But anyway, okay, so as far as performer of the week for this week, it, it has to be Jeff Ward. Oh, absolutely. Uh, cause, uh, because he, he, he was the... Uh, he was pretty much the centerpiece of the yeah. <laughs> thing. Uh, with him and Mac, but uh, Mac was more Mac, and <laughs> besides Mac, he won it last week. So uh, I share the wealth, dude. Yeah. Okay, so uh, and you can tell Jeff Ward had a lot of fun. Oh yeah, for sure. Because because he could act just as bad as goofy as he wanted. To. Right, and, and of course, if you ever see him in a Q and A, he's goofy anyway. So uh, uh, that was right up his alley. Yeah. Said, uh, and he did a great job with that. Um, so basically, where we're at now. Um, I'm assuming we're going to get back to the serious business of the Chronicon. Well, obviously, because at the end of the, this ep episode, they discussed um, uh, they got, uh, uh, Malik's uh, son got um, a hold of the Tesseract thing. What the time stream? Time stream. They got hold of the time stream device. Which, which uh, is bad, because why did he, how did he get, okay, this is what I'm asking you. Okay, well, ask me. See, somehow or another, Maybe that's where Fitz is. Fitz is Fitz has that time stream device. Well, he's got. They, they got some way where they're able to watch the Chronicoms without the Chronicoms knowing they're watching. Right, them. and I'm wondering if maybe this whole thing happened for a reason right now because Sybil got the time stream device, and of course she had it before. So now I she know, just got but it now again. she lost it. Now I'm wondering if she ends up getting it. Now she's got it back. Now does somehow did they travel in time to get it back from her? I don't, and, that, I and, and the only reason we would know and is that why they went to nineteen eighty two? Is that why did that did they have to drop them off there for a reason? Well, I, I, well, I know I, that I, has I, to, I, that has to be the case. I mean, they don't generally go a time period for no reason. Usually, there's a reason. And they for were it. only there for a second, and was it that only reason they were well, there? So, for a second was said, so they could drop off Deacon. Um, right, which Mac. makes you wonder where the Zephyr went right after they dropped him off. Did they go do something else? Oh yeah. Uh, of course, we didn't find out because they didn't <laughs> say. Uh, but uh, oh, so it, was the right. So in the meantime, like I said, so again, we still Yo-Yo still has her problems. She still can't access her powers. May still got her problems, so to me, it sounds like she's kind of loosening up some. Maybe. Uh, but uh, we do know from the preview of next week that Dixie's mother, Jiang, is involved. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, she's maybe going to be able to help Yo-Yo with her issues. Uh, now, we don't know exactly where Jiang is, isn't, you know, because she got a little crazy toward the in there in the regular time frame, if this was before then or after then. Um, I would think that this was before uh, Shield went there. Right. Later. Yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming. But uh, and uh, and of course, as you said, we still got no fits, uh, and we're running out of time. And <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm starting to not care. Oh, he's, he's just exceeded your. No, this this is I'm doing this as a trick. Because if <laughs> I pretend like I don't care, then they'll have to bring him back. Because it's like, well, now they don't care. So, uh, 
because everybody's wondering about what I think. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it all along. I don't care about Fitz now. So that meant for He makes no difference to me. So that will naturally make him reappear. Yes. Because it no longer matters. It doesn't matter to me anymore. I don't care. So we're trying reverse psychology. Already. That's correct. <laughs> I could care less where he is. As a matter of fact. <laughs> we expect him to drop who? all the guy. Who? What? <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to. Oh. Bravo! Bravo! <laughs> Bravo! Oscars for all of them. <laughs> I mean, Emmys. It's a TV show. Yeah. So, okay, so anyway, so that is episode seven, the excellent, the totally excellent adventure of Mac and the D. Yep. Uh, and we got up next is called After Before. Uh, which was After Before. Yeah, that, that's a really clever one. That's cool. You but know what the, that means, don't you? We're going to go back to a place we've already been once. Which after would, Before. Right, which would be exactly where going to Giant would be. We've been there before. After Before. Right. You remember when After We Before we went there? That's kind of that's kind of confusing. You know what I'm feeling? What are you feeling? Feeling a lot of happiness about that. Wait, just thinking about it. Then? Yes. So. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so uh, until our next episode, I'm Martin. And I'm Kathy. You sure? I don't know. I was thinking about that. Okay. Let's do it again. Okay. So in the meantime, I'm Martin. And I'm Kathy. And we'll see you again on another episode of Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. Bye. Coffee Binge! It's been our pleasure to present to you GVN's Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. We'll see you next time. Uh